Hi everyone, welcome back to And She Did. We are so excited to announce that our podcast will be continuing for 2022. We will be kicking off the relaunch of the podcast with an interview from Miss Hallie Hunt. And now on to the episode. Welcome back to And She Did. Today we are very excited to be able to feature Hallie Hunt. Hallie is a senior at Stanford Online High School. A dedicated rugby player and leader within the athletic community, Hallie started her own program, the Student Athlete Speaker Series, to support student athletes. Hallie wanted to create a program fostering support and growth for fellow student athletes, and she did. Hey, Hallie, welcome to And She Did. We're so excited to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm so excited to be here today. How are y'all doing? We're doing great. Thank you. We're so excited to have you here. I'm glad to hear that you're having a good day so far. And we're wondering if you could start by telling us a little bit about yourself, like where are you from? What are your interests and everything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like y'all already said, I'm a senior in high school currently. Um, I live in Connecticut on a small farm uh, in a small town in Connecticut. So love the small town vibes. Uh, I play a few different sports. Uh, like you guys mentioned, most competitively, I play rugby. Uh, so I play 15s and 7s, which is two different styles of rugby. Uh, but once you get to a certain level, basically all rugby players play those. Uh, and then I also play basketball and I horseback ride and I play a little bit of lacrosse, but I mostly just did that in middle school. And then outside interests, I really love philosophy. I love being out in nature and I really love cooking. Um, so those are, I guess, some little fun facts there. It's so great to hear a little bit about you. Could you tell us about your athletic pursuit specifically? How did you become a rugby player? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess kind of starting chronologically with how I became a rugby player. Um, so in my family, both my parents are originally from the South. So we were a big kind of football family growing up. So football was always um, in my house, kind of in the living room. So when I was little, I would always, you know, watch a football game and I would always say, oh, I, I want to be a footballer when I grow up because that's, um, I guess, what I thought the players would be called. And for some reason that really stuck in my mom's, you know, mind, even though, you know, as I got older, you know, that wasn't really a big priority of mine. It's not like, um, you know, I became, you know, a football player or anything like that. I ended up playing basketball primarily, uh, but my mom kind of uh, took that to heart and she found, you know, a pretty random sport called rugby, of course, uh, that was in our area. And she reached out to this local club for about three years, actually. And then one year, my eighth grade year of middle school, um, the club finally got back to her and they said, yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, she can join our team, but just so you know, it's a boys team. So if, you know, your girl is okay with playing with the boys, it's totally fine. And so for some weird reason, I said yes, even though, um, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't actually like a, a big goal of mine. I didn't even really know what rugby was at that time. I didn't really grow up with it around me. Uh, but I got uh, two friends of mine to join the team with me because I, I wanted some friends with me. And, you know, there were definitely some obstacles there, you know, being the only girls on a boys team, but it definitely sparked my love of rugby. And, you know, from there, um, I think it was like my second game. 
there were a few girls on the opposing side and the coach came over to me and he said that he was starting to get together a, a high school women's team and he asked if I wanted to join and I said heck yeah I do um so the next year my freshman year I started doing um I started joining the uh women's high school team that just started and started learning more about rugby and my coaches just started becoming really resourceful and giving me information about different combines and different uh tournaments and stuff like that and um you know ever since then I've just been playing as much as I can and um I found my way to uh you know different invitational national teams which has been really exciting um I'm now on a D2 um women's team currently which has been really exciting um so yeah, that's kind of, I guess, how it's been going recently. Um, obviously, COVID kind of put a dent in some of that progress, but um, it's been going strong for the past four or five years now, which has been really awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with rugby. I love to hear how your mom supported your early dream of being a footballer. Um, and now you kind of are as a rugby player. Obviously, they're two different things, but um, as similar as you can get, I guess. And being a high level athlete obviously comes with a lot of highs, um, but with that, a lot of lows. And we're wondering if you could share some obstacles that you maybe have faced while pursuing your sport at this level. And I think you mentioned um, being on a team with mostly guys was one challenge, but I was wondering if there were any ch other challenges that you faced also as you matured into a more high level athlete. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, probably in the beginning of kind of my rugby career, it was, uh, you know, being on a team with all boys, but ultimately, you know, that actually wasn't all that bad. Uh, it was kind of how you would expect middle school boys to be um, when three new girls kind of joined their team. So not the best, but doable. Um, I think something that a lot of athletes end up kind of facing, but it doesn't end up... <laughs> stopping to become a, a hard problem is injuries. And I think that's probably something that I've faced um, a lot as, a, as an obstacle in my sport. So most recently I was diagnosed with um, chronic migraine, um, which I was very confused about basically because for the past year or so, you know, I was, um, you know, I just had really low energy. I couldn't participate as much in uh, my training. I couldn't participate as much in my, you know, day-to-day schoolwork, you know, because I just had these pounding headaches and stuff like that. Um, you know, I uh, had dizzy spells, um, you know, I was lightheaded a lot. So, um, you know, running and strength training and stuff like that took a lot out of me. So um, I had a lot of problems with um, regulating my blood pressure and heart rate and stuff like that. So those were a lot of obstacles that are really hard, especially in a contact sport, right? Where making sure that you're at a, you're at your own physical peak and you're at a very good place with your health is really important so that you don't hurt yourself or hurt other people in the process. So, you know, over COVID, that's really when that kind of hit me. So luckily, you know, because I wasn't on the field as much, it, it didn't affect me quite as much, but then it started to get worse, especially over this past summer. And that's when I started participating in a lot of 
bigger national tournaments that could dictate, you know, what college coaches were going to see from me and stuff like that. Um, and those were definitely really tough obstacles because they, I think they tested my perseverance and they tested, um, honestly, how much I loved my sport and how much I cared for myself, because I think there's a balance of pushing yourself, but also listening to your body. So I think that it was a real balance to figure out, um, you know, what I could handle and what was best for my team. Later on in the summer, I ended up getting an MRI um, and it turned it out and it turned out that I had um, a cyst and I had a brain cyst. So, um, you know, that was kind of the, the cause for my migraines and stuff like that. So, you know, luckily I'm being treated, but it was, you know, definitely a process throughout this past, you know, kind of year and a half that throughout, you know, different coaches, different teammates, different doctor's visits and stuff like that. Um, you know, there's a mix of fear and uncertainty uh, that I know a lot of athletes go through, um, whether that's something like uh, breaking a bone, tearing an ACL, um, or whether it's more of your like mental health to performance anxiety, um, depression, or something like that, that I know a lot of athletes go through. Um, so for me, it was a lot about figuring out um, how to prioritize myself. Um, and so ultimately, that's kind of what I had to do. And that was really tough for me, because that meant not playing as much. Um, but now I'm able to play a ton. And I'm on a uh, a really high level team that I'm really happy with and um, I couldn't be happier. So um, it's just kind of one of those things that it really is kind of trusting the process, even though the process can take a really long time and you might not know kind of where you are in that process. Hallie, that's such an incredible story. And I think that also as a student athlete, there are a lot of things that you go through as an athlete. And sometimes your team and people that are around you don't see it, but you're doing an amazing job just getting through it on your own and holding yourself together. So that's an incredible story. And I think that's probably part of the reason why you've done such an incredible job leading the student athlete speaker series, just because I feel like you have such an incredible way of supporting other athletes. And I think that it's just something incredible that Zoe and I have been able to be a part of. So could you tell us a little bit about the student athlete speaker series and what its goals are? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the student athlete speaker series is a program that I created that its ultimate goal is to connect uh, athletic mentors to student athletes. And so more recently, uh, you know, I don't want to kind of create the impression that student athletes can't also be those athletic mentors too. So I kind of want to, um, you know, set that kind of definition as well that I think that student athletes can also be those mentors. Um, but ultimately it is supposed to be uh, a community that is fostering growth and uh, and community and support to student athletes. And it was created definitely in this time of a, of a pandemic where I realized that, you know, um, this is kind of tough right now. You know, I'm not really getting the chance to talk to these different coaches that I would usually meet. Um, I'm not really getting the chance to play as much as I usually would. Um, and so, uh, I ended up creating SAS and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been really fun and uh, it's a it's a great program to connect, I guess, those student athletes and those athletic mentors um, through different um, media such as Instagram, Zoom, Skype, stuff like that. That's really fascinating to hear how 
you saw this issue during the pandemic and in general of maybe student athletes not being able to connect with each other and you decided to spearhead that problem with the students athlete speaker series and we're also wondering how did your experience with rugby lead you to this program or to create this program I know you mentioned um, the pandemic was hard and you wanted to kind of give support to other athletes who also were going through the same things um, and we we're wondering if you could elaborate on that a bit. Yeah, absolutely. So something that I recognize with rugby is that um, when you're able to incorporate, when you're able to play different sports, it usually helps you know, with rugby a lot. So there's often this idea of like cross training uh, within like a bunch of different sports. You know, usually when you play one sport, it helps your athleticism in another. So it kind of got me thinking that in a program where you're kind of focusing maybe on the more mental side or getting advice from other um you know athletes and stuff like that that you can connect these different sports essentially to get different advice if that makes sense um so I thought that you could kind of cross train with different mentors through these um modes of like zoom and on instagram and you know dms and, and um and videos uh, so yeah, so definitely the pandemic was a was a big moment because I noticed, you know, I wasn't able to play rugby as much and I realized, uh, you know, I, I couldn't be the only one, you know, alone in that, especially, you know, because I was entering this field of figuring out if I wanted to go to school, go to college for rugby. It felt like every uh, recruitment officer was saying, you guys are all on the same boat, you know, no one can really play your sport right now, so just try to do as much as you can kind of at home. So I was realizing that there was a really big audience of people, not just in rugby, but with sports um, across all sports that uh, can't play right now and need some sense of support. And I thought that creating a community that brings them together is going to be really valuable because I know I have always so much respect for different sports that I don't play uh, because I think it's so impressive like Sophie you fence and Zoe you ski I don't think I could do either of those um definitely not right now um and I just think it's so impressive so um you know if I had a um mentor who was a, a skier or if I had a mentor that was a fencer in fact um one of the mentors was Sophie's uh, coach actually um one of the speaker series um we had Sophie's coach as the uh, mentor which was really awesome so you know it's kind of moments like that where I feel like you can um get lots of this like wealth of knowledge I guess um from different sports and I think that's really important not just in the pandemic though that's how it started and that's kind of like what got the gears turning in my head to kind of start it as we're starting to get out of the pandemic I'm starting to notice just how much of an impact it's starting to have like now on and off the field both in my personal life and in my athletic life. That's such an amazing story. And it seems like um, your story with rugby really inspired you to create SAS. And I think it just relates so much to a lot of other athletes like myself and like Zoe, who are also looking for support and the kind of community you built. So it's just an amazing initiative that you created. And Zoe and I were wondering if you could share with our listeners a little bit about the kinds of events that SAS leads. 
Yeah, absolutely. So SAS has um, a lot of different programs. So currently right now we have a few different modes of offering kind of support to athletes. Um, one of which is that we hold meetings over Zoom where we connect these athletic mentors that I mentioned previously to student athletes. And so those tend to be about an hour long meeting where um, those mentors will essentially give a bit of a talk. They might have a presentation. They might give um, a story, they might have little exercises, um, whether that's like a mental exercise or once we even had a yoga teacher that gave us a bit of a yoga lesson, which was really cool um, to the participants. And so you'll kind of go through the motions of um, getting that advice that I talked about and kind of adding to that wealth of knowledge and adding to that, um, you know, kind of wealth of understanding uh, how to grow as an athlete. And those athletic mentors range from different sports to also different types of mentors, right? So you get, you know, professional coaches, you get student athletes, both uh, in college and sometimes in high school as well. Um, we have past and current Olympians, uh, people that represent their countries in uh, international uh, sports. Uh, we even have, you know, former D1 athletes that are now, um, you know, activists in our society, such as we had Victoria Garrick, who um, I know I've talked to Zoe about this a lot. We love her. Um, and we had her speak once, which was a really awesome experience. So that's one kind of event that SAS leads. Another one is that on our Instagram page, which is at sa.speakerseries, um, our Instagram works on this idea that Although we tend to have this idea that athletic mentors or mentor, mentors of any type uh, tend to be older than us or more experienced than us um, or tend to be at a really high level of playing, uh, I don't think that's necessarily true. So I started um, these um, this kind of uh, initiative, I guess, uh, of starting these videos by student athletes to show that student athletes, uh, usually in high school or college, uh, can also be your mentors too. So they're about one to three minute videos from student athletes across different sports. So we've had horseback riding, rugby, basketball, skiing, fencing, Zoe, Sophie, um, you guys have both uh, been uh, featured athletes that we've had on the Instagram, both giving really awesome advice to um, student athletes and even coaches too, because I've had coaches say that they love the advice that you guys are giving as well. Uh, so we've had these videos range across all different types of sports. Um, so that's kind of an, another kind of way that SAS tries to reach out to different athletes to try to provide that sense of community. Thank you so much for sharing. It's really cool to hear about all the different initiatives that you're leading through SAS. And as you mentioned, um, Sophie and I have both been lucky enough to be part of this incredible program. And personally, actually, after the yoga mentor spoke at the student athlete speaker series, I was dealing with different emotions surrounding an injury. And I reached out to her over Instagram and she gave me some really valuable insights about meditation and yoga that really helped me. So that was a really cool personal experience of how SAS could help me with um, what I was dealing with in my own sport. And also, it's been really cool to be able to see um, the different feedback and um, insights that people have who are fellow athletes like me on your Instagram. So that's been really cool this summer as well. 
And we're wondering, have you been able to see any impacts from SAS? I know I just mentioned mine, um, but have you been able to see some other ones? And how has it helped you with your personal athletic career um, running this program? Yeah, so I guess there's kind of, there's a few different ways that I think I've been able to kind of see the impacts from SAS. One is just seeing the different ways that I've been able to reach different audiences. And so, you know, whether that's people reposting uh, the stories or posts that I put on my Instagram that are total strangers that I don't know, right? So that's one way that I kind of see the impact of just reaching out to a different type of audience that I feel like kind of shows sense of impact of growing the community, um, whether it's like I just said, kind of, uh, you know, reposting something that's coming from just a stranger or something like that, or whether it's uh, someone I don't know who's joining the Zoom calls, you know. Um, typically, the people that join my calls do come from teams that I know or um, clubs at my school or are a part of the um, Instagram and Skype community that we already have. So we get to know those members, but it really honestly warms my heart when, you know, there's a, there's a, a website called Eventbrite where you can publish events and stuff like that. And so when I see someone interact with that and they, um, uh, essentially, they they buy a ticket. The tickets are free, of course, uh, but they they get a ticket essentially um, so that they can access the Zoom information. Uh, it's really cool because it shows that, at least to me, that maybe the audience is starting to grow past people that I don't even know, which I think is really cool. Uh, and then also just by being able to connect different athletes, uh, whether I know them or not, to uh, these coaches and mentors uh, that they might not know. So like you were just saying, Zoe, uh, you know, maybe connecting you to this um, yoga instructor. Um, you know, I've had other people being able to uh, get connected to actually, you know, uh, a new coach or something like that that's in their area if it's a sport that they play um, and, and lots of other ideas like that. Or if they just had a question about the, the talk they can be in, you know, they can get into contact with that uh, speaker a little later. So I kind of like seeing those kind of smaller impacts, but to me, they do feel a bit bigger because it shows that it really is becoming uh, a, a stronger community and a larger community, which means a lot to me. And then personally, how it's helped me in my personal athletic career. Um, it's funny, I I tell my, my friends and, and family this, um, and it's a it's a little bit selfish, but honestly, like if I could, if I could do this just for myself, I I might because these the speakers that I get just really are I value them so much. Um, so even if we don't have the biggest turnout, I'm so thankful that I'm always at these meetings. If that makes sense, uh, because being at all these meetings really has helped me through my um, athletic career because I think that as I've grown as an athlete, um, I have gone through a lot of different goals, um, whether that's health issues or whether it's not specifically like in your sport, right? If it's not even technically affecting your performance in, in a sport, whether that's, you know, problems with your friends, or maybe there's something going on with your family or something like that. 
um, you know, you'd be surprised at how much these talks actually do go over how to shift your mindset, not to ignore those types of things, but how to overcome those things and how to deal with those issues um, and how to persevere and stuff like that. So it's really helped me uh, grow as an athlete and also as a person. Um, it, it's it's helped me, you know, like work on my visualization, which I was really awful at as an athlete in the beginning. Um, and I'm still not amazing at it, but it's really helped me with that. It got me to figure out my own kind of personal philosophy as an athlete, um, which really helped me kind of push myself, uh, especially through COVID times, because that was, you know, one of my first uh, meetings, the uh, kind of went over how you create your own kind of athletic philosophy, which I thought was really, really cool. It's helped me work on my breathing too. Um, that was one of the yoga instructor uh, instructors kind of advice was to work on your breathing and stuff like that. So when I do have performance anxiety, you know, when I'm playing, I focus on my breathing and that's helped me so much throughout my career. Um, so I'm really thankful that I'm able to, you know, go through all of these videos and I'm able to reach out to all of these different um, mentors and I'm so lucky that I'm able to get the mentors that I am um, because you'd be surprised at just how much these former athletes, current athletes um, really do want to just help their community and stuff like that. So I really love it and um, I'm just always so thankful with how much it, it's helped me in my athletic career and I'm, I'm so excited to see how it'll grow. So Hallie, um, I can clearly see the impact on so many people that SAS has had and on you, which is amazing. We were wondering if you could tell us maybe um, a couple of ways that people can get involved in SAS, whether it's attending meetings or coming to talks. You know, as I mentioned before, I'm always looking to kind of grow SAS uh, and that it's, it's, there's a community for all student athletes. So right now, the biggest form of, um, trying to connect these mentors to athletes right now is through Instagram. So following the Instagram at series is probably the biggest way to get involved right now, but also joining our Zoom calls, which the information is in our Instagram is also going to be a big way to be, you know, involved in our group is going to be uh, really valuable. And also to see if you, you know, if you want a leadership position you know, within SAS, because not only is it a way to gain mentorship from other, you know, athletes, but it's a way for you to find your own way of leading other athletes. It's not only, you know, a time to learn from others, but it's also a time to speak up as well. So um, not only do you, um, are you able to, you know, follow the Instagram account um, and join the Skype account and stuff like that, but also always feel free to DM that account um, or to message um, the group chat on Skype because that is always going to be a safe place to communicate with other athletes and also to communicate with me personally uh, to find out if you want to become, you know, a uh, an athletic mentor or if you would like to become uh, involved with the production of SAS. Um, so that's kind of, uh, I guess, how you can get involved with SAS as of right now. And um, and more information will kind of be 
you know, put out on, on mostly Instagram and Skype uh, as it continues to grow. Thank you for sharing, Hallie. And to any of our listeners that are athletes, we really encourage you to get involved with SAS because it's been such a positive experience for us. Um, and I'm sure it would be for you as well. And to conclude, we like to end our podcast by asking, what would your advice be to young women um, who are interested in both pursuing a sport and becoming a leader within their athletic community? Yeah, I think that this is an awesome question. Um, And I think my answer would be to be brave and to be bold because um, my mom would always tell me when I was little, um, you know, when I would be scared of like making friends or something like that, that you can't expect like an engraved invitation or something like that. And I think that it's really important that I think um, you learn to speak up and to be bold and to be brave um, as young women in sports, because often I think young women, including myself, we're taught to um, work hard, of course, but sometimes we're taught to wait in line and kind of wait for our turn, even though, you know, maybe there aren't strict rules about that. And I think it's really important that along with our actions, we also speak up. So if you're interested in being the captain of your team, work hard and, you know, show your coach that, you know, you want to be your captain, but also reach out to your coach or email them and tell them, you know, why you want to be captain and what you think you would do with that role and, you know, and why you think you would be a good fit, things like that. So it's little things that I think um, are really important for young women, um, just like us, um, to keep pursuing as we pursue sports and leadership in our athletic community to continue to be bold and to continue to be brave. Allie, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. Your athletic career and work with SAS are so inspiring and you are just such an inspiring person as a whole. So thank you so much for being here. To all our listeners, we hope that Hallie's leadership inspires you as much as it inspires us. Stay tuned for more episodes.